This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Nay Never podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley but joining me as ever is the headliner himself, the absolute superstar of the preview show and that is Dave Statman-Roberts. Dave, welcome back. Hello, Natalie. It's uh, good to be back. It's been a little while, hasn't it? It has. You know, I was starting to really miss you. But then similarly, it also feels like just two minutes ago when we were talking, this last three weeks has gone very, very quickly. I, I, I kind of thought that we were playing the week after Easter, not Easter Sunday. But but it's good to be back. How how has the international break treated you, young Dave? Uh, well, it's, it's it's been a little bit of a rest. And uh, obviously, there's been no football to watch other than the internationals. We've had... Uh, uh, Nick Pope's done done well for England. They've won again mm. tonight. We've, we're recording this on on Wednesday. We'll give that away. Um, but we uh, England have got a well scrape through. Got a two one win. But that's the uh, job done. Three wins out of three. And of course, our goalkeeper is now an international record holder. Dave. Uh, well, yes, six well six games without conceding. I'm not sure if you can count it as a clean sheet if he's not played the full game. But certainly in his first six internationals, he uh, kept. Uh, goals out in all games. I think he played half of one game and he came on in the 65th minute. So he played uh, 431 minutes and didn't concede a goal, but he has conceded one now. But uh, job done tonight. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens if uh, Jordan Pickford's back fit for the next internationals and, and who Gareth picks. Yeah, definitely. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? There does some to, does seem to be some resistance to to putting Nick uh, Pope in as number one goalkeeper, but let's see how that unfolds. Um, well, we've got lots to catch up on because it's our first um, what's it called? Our first podcast back for three weeks. So let's delve straight in there and let's get um, let's get our listeners going. And of course, we've got a quiz answer to give away. Which Dave, you've made our listeners wait three weeks for this answer. I can hardly remember what you asked. But let's try and give it a refresher. So, at the end of the Everton preview show back in 1954, um, which does seem like an eternity ago, Dave, you should get quite right, we asked you 
No Burnley player has been sent off in the 129 Premier League games staged at Turf Moor since 2009. But can you name the last Burnley player to be sent off at Turf Moor in any competition? Gosh, Dave, what was the answer? What was the, Who has submitted it? Tell us all about the quiz question. Well, I think before I give the correct answer, I'm going to... Uh, well, firstly, apologies to anyone who's waited till now for the quiz answer. I think Matt was keen on uh, Twitter to give the answer. I thought, well, no, we'll keep it for our preview show, for our preview show listeners, yes. our select bunch who uh, listen here. Um, and it did seem to be one of our more popular quiz questions, judging by all the wrong answers we had. And <laughs> I'm going to read out all the... I'm going to read out all the wrong answers. So, uh, deep breath. Um, it was not Ashley Barnes, Michael Duff, Ben Mee, Jeff Hendrick, Kevin Ball, Adi Akinbay, Joey Barton, Stephen DeFore, Dean Marnie, Stephen Thompson, Stephen Jordan, Danny Fox, Robbie Brady, Kieran Trippier, Stephen Caldwell, Kyle Lafferty, Kevin McDonald, Ben Gibson, Jason Shackle, or Eric Peters. My goodness, it wasn't any of those. It wasn't any of those. Well, it do was... we have any players left? <laughs> it was the correct answer was Keith Tracy. He was sent off against uh, late on wow. in the game against West Ham United. He conceded a penalty uh, and was sent off, and that was in the Capital One Cup way, way, way back in October 2013. Gosh. That is a, a sight for sore eyes because I do have a graphic next to me giving me that answer and I'd forgotten uh, about Keith Tracy playing for us. Um, not that successful a career at Burnley, I don't think. But, um, OK, we obviously got quite a lot of wrong answers, Dave, but did we get any right ones? Uh, we did get some that were right. Um, of the people who knew that it was Keith Tracy, we had uh, Callum Woodhead, Adam Crawshaw, Paul Jackson, Andrew Porter... John Robertson and Joe Pattison. And also, there was one other rather interesting answer from uh, 1882RC on Twitter uh, who suggested Burnley FC mascot Bertie B. Uh, you may remember he was sent off for taking off a pair of imaginary glasses against QPR. There was oh, some decision with the linesman and he flagged and uh, Bertie B kind of pretended to hand him a pair of glasses. The referee sent him off and he ended up in the <laughs> cells, if you remember the, the picture being tweeted out. Uh, but interestingly, I that, do that, remember! Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> interestingly, that game was only a matter of three days before Keith Tracy picked up his red card. So I thought it deserved a, a mention for uh, for Bertie B. Obviously, it wasn't the correct answer, but oh, uh, worth a notable does. answer. Definitely a notable answer. I'd genuinely forgotten all about that. And that was just a really funny part of banter. So I, I'm very, very, very happy that you brought that up, Dave. That's, that's good remember. I do remember they took him down to Berlin. Nick, didn't they? And Bertie B was in there with his... Yeah, that was hilarious times. Well, of course... There no, were... it's actually at the oh. stadium. There's a cell at the stadium. That's... What? They have a cell at Turf Moor. I'm not sure where, where in the stadium it is, but the cell is actually in the ground. Are you winding me up? Is that a joke? No, it's serious. That's, that's what it is, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to Google that. I don't believe that. That's hilarious. If that turns out to be a cruel joke, Dave, you and I, you're going to be off my Christmas card list. No, you have to tweet uh, Chris Gibson because he um, he tweeted the picture. I think he didn't realise that he's tweeted it from the club account rather than from his personal account, but it went in all the national newspapers and local press and, and everything. But, uh, yes, it was a cell at Turf Moor. They have a, a, a cell in there I'm for, uh, well, I'm, for, for wrong I'm literally doers. tweeting him right now, uh, this very question, because I don't believe you, <laughs> and I'm quite convinced that you're actually winding me up here. It's a cruel, cruel joke. Uh, well, of course, there is going to be another one of our popular quiz questions at the end of the show, so do stay tuned. And the good news is, is that you're only going to need to wait a week for the answer, because, of course, we're going to be back next week. 
opposition stats. Right, let's move on to previewing the show. And of course, we, we actually have a football match to cover. Um, it is Southampton away, Easter Sunday, the 4th of April at 12pm, which is live on Sky Sports. Now, Dave, why don't you kick us off with a recent history about this fixture? Uh, yeah, Burnley have visited Southampton on seven occasions since our first promotion to the Premier League in 2009, uh, as well as a championship match in February 2012 and an eventful FA Cup tie in January 2014. Our five most recent visits have all been in the Premier League. Uh, all of these recent matches took place at St Mary's Stadium, which is where the Saints moved to in 2001 after they left the Dell. Uh, after a 2-0 defeat in the championship match we mentioned, as well as a 4-3 defeat in the FA Cup tie, Burnley also lost the first two Premier League away trips to play Southampton, but we've won two and drawn once on our three most recent visits. Uh, the two recent wins represent exactly half of our all-time away league wins at Southampton, with four in total in the 28 seasons we've been in the same division. We've also had one League Cup victory there in the 1960s. Uh, each of the two recent away wins will be covered in more detail for our featured highlight and hero for this week's episode, which brings us neatly onto the next section. Highlights and lowlights. That it does, and I, we've obviously got them in the right order this week. We've got the highlight and the lowlight. So what is that highlight, Dave? Uh, well, our highlight this week is also our most recent away win against the Saints, which took place just over 12 months ago, in what seems like a very different pre-COVID world. It was actually a game that took place in uh, February 2020. Uh, to refresh your memory, it was a wet and windy day, with Storm Dennis slashing the south coast. Uh, that may have contributed to the first goal, when Ashley Westwood gave Burnley an early lead, scoring directly from an in-swinging corner after just 90 seconds, when the ball was left at the near post by Danny Ings and went in past goalkeeper Alex McCarthy. Uh, Danny Ings made amends by firing in an equaliser past Nick Pope from the edge of the box after 18 minutes, but it was left to substitute Matej Vidra to score the goal of the game on the hour to ensure that Burnley travelled back up north with all three points. Ah, oh, Matty. Matty! Uh, what's the low light then, Dave? What have you chosen to make us all sad? Uh, well, our low light this week was one of the two Premier League defeats we mentioned, and it was uh, a loss by a 3-1 scoreline at St Mary's in October 2016. Um, it started off reasonably well with a goalless first half, uh, but in the second half, the home side raced into a three-goal lead. Former Claret striker... Charlie Austin scored two of Southampton's three goals, including a penalty, and Nathan Redmond scored the other one. Uh, despite Sam Vokes pulling a goal back with a rare Premier League penalty, it was to no avail and all the hard work of the first 45 minutes was undone in the second 45, and we came away pointless. Ah, boo. Fixture flashback! Uh, well, moving on then to the first of our new features for the second half of the season, and it is our fixture flashback feature which is your chance listeners to get involved on the preview show now we're not going to lie listeners we've been a little bit disappointed with uptake on this you seem to be a bit shy you lot so don't be get involved and we haven't really got a memory this week for the Southampton game but Dave why am well, how did they get involved because we've got the United game coming up so let's let's see what happens you know how, how are we going to tell our, our listeners to actually get involved uh, well, the next time we play, uh, as you said, we'll be away to Manchester United. Um, and right now, I'm struggling to think of too many memorable, ga memorable games. <laughs> <Old Trafford. laughs> 
Do you think of any Just Natalie? a few, just a few. I do. Yeah. I think there's going to be plenty. <laughs> so, so perhaps that'd be a good opportunity for our listeners to get in touch with uh, their memories. Uh, so, if you can think of any what well, any match in particular from the last few seasons or longer ago, even, um, do help us out for our next preview show. And if you want to share your contribution, uh, you can send us an email podcast at knownanever.net with either a written submission or preferably an audio recording because we like those. Um, we've mentioned it before, but the easiest website to use to make a recording if you don't want to do it yourself on your on your um, PC or, or device and save a recording, there's actually a handy website that allows you to do it all and just send us a link. It's really, really easy. And the website is vocaroo.com, V-O-C-A-R-O-O, Com. And it's free to use, no registration, and it's really, really simple. Excellent. Well, we've actually just um, assumed that we didn't get any, any um, listeners, sorry, listener memories this week, Dave. But of course, we are recording this slightly early because we want to try and get it out before the Easter break. So, listeners, you may very well hear very shortly somebody who submitted a memory, in which case, enjoy. If not, then you know how to do it for next time. Hi, everyone. George here. Southampton away, my main memory uh, is definitely the 2017 game when we went there and it was an, it was November, so it was fairly early on in the season and the game was just petering out to a bit of a boring nil-nil. You've travelled all the way down there on an Aki Claret's coach, six-hour-plus journey just to go there for a nil-nil and you're thinking, oh, no, we've been here, done this before. <laughs> you know, the boring southern away games where you just nab a draw and, and come back home. But instead, final 10 minutes come around and the one and only Sam Vokes pops up with a header. I'm pretty sure he glanced on the header uh, into the bottom corner. It was right in front of the away fans as well. Absolute ecstasy in the stands amongst the uh, the away following. Absolutely brilliant. And more than just being a normal 1-0 win away at Southampton, it really kicked off what was to be our European season. And I remember that is the that is the game where everyone around us sort of started to think, hold up, something's happening here. We were flying high in the table, you know, get, getting. I think we we're in the we were definitely inside the top six at the time, and it was getting to you know getting towards December, and you're thinking something special is happening here. Now, obviously, afterwards we'd play Stoke at home during December and win and go fourth, which was monumental. But but the Southampton away game was very special and a good memory to look back on because it's the first time it's the first time that I remember us singing we're all going on a European tour, uh, and from there onwards the season just sort of spiralled a bit and obviously we ended up coming coming seventh in what was a probably one of the best seasons we'll ever have as Burnley fans. So yeah, Southampton away 2017, a Sam Vokes glancing header, and the start of. The start of a dream, really. Yeah, the start of a dream that would eventually pay off. And we ended up going to Europe. Fingers crossed we could do it sometime soon. But that's my abiding memory of Southampton away. Heroes and villains. So, my favourite section of the previous show, Dave. Heroes and villains. Who have you picked as our hero, please? Uh, Well, we've already mentioned one of our two Premier League away wins against Southampton as this week's highlight. So we've selected our hero as the player who scored the only goal in our other recent away win, which was by a narrow 1-0 scoreline at St Mary's in November 2017. Uh, in case you don't remember who it was, let me refresh your memory. <gasps> I know, I know. I know. 
I know, I know. We've already had this player as a hero in one of our other preview shows earlier in the season, but I make no apology for awarding him this accolade again for a piece of magic against his hometown team. Super sub Sam Vokes <sighs> came off the bench to head in Johanberg Gudmundsen's cross and score an 81st-minute header to seal the victory. It wasn't a close-range effort by any means, with the ball arriving near to the penalty spot and then being expertly directed between Fraser Forster and his left-hand post. Hopefully, you'll agree that this winning goal is worthy of us making Sam Vokes our hero for this week. Well, quite frankly, Dave, I, I would find an excuse to make Sam Vokes a hero every week, so he's certainly a worthy winner for me. And um, I get a nice little picture to look at, so happy days. And a note, listeners, with a great big red thing saying, no spoilers, please, because I tend to get a little bit giddy when I see pictures of Sam Vokes. So there you go. Um, now, I don't know who this is because I didn't check ahead the script beforehand, so this is as much a surprise to me as it is to our listeners. Who's our villain? I love the villain section. Uh, well, it's probably fair to say there have been one or two controversial selections for villains so oh, far this no. season. Oh, no, you're going rogue uh, again. They have. Uh, some of the more surprising recipients of this accolade have been uh, Roy Hodgson, Marcus, Sir Marcus Rashford and Sir Jeff Hurst. But we can now add to that list with this week's villain, who is none other than Danny Ings. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Dave Statman Roberts, what an, that might be the final straw. What on earth are you playing at, sir? Let me explain. Um, he scored the equaliser in the corresponding fixture last season, as well as netting the winner in the match which took place between the two teams at Turf Moor towards the start of this season. He's even been linked recently with a summer move to Manchester City, although the thought of him spearheading a City attack against us at the Etihad next season is not one we really want to contemplate, considering our poor record there. Anyway, if he does play this weekend, which is by no means a certainty, as he's been recovering from an injury, we'll be hoping he doesn't make it a hat-trick of goals against us. But for his scoring exploits, Danny Ings is our villain for this week. Oh... I tell you, I'm going to have to start putting some, what's the word, some warnings on you, I'm afraid. There's been some controversial choices for that award, but you know, we're not dragging Danny Ings into that. We're not. You're going to be giving it to Sam Vokes at some point, and that'll be it. I'll I'll unplug you. You'll be off air. Um, who's the man in the middle then at the weekend? Uh, Dave, who's going to be refereeing us? <clears throat> uh, well, the referee for the Easter Sunday game at St Mary's is Birmingham's Andre Mariner. Uh, this will be his third appointment as a referee for a Burnley game so far this season. He was in the middle at Turf Moor last month. That was for our 1-1 draw with Arsenal. And unusually, he was also the referee for the reverse fixture against Southampton. That was when the Saints came to Turf Moor in September and came away with a narrow win with that fourth-minute goal by Danny Ings. Uh, the draw against Arsenal ended a run of six consecutive Burnley defeats in games refereed by Andre Mariner, so we'll be hoping we can go one better and earn a victory this Sunday. Uh, there was a time many years ago when it was standard practice for referees to be in charge for both fixtures between teams, uh, but it isn't something that tends to happen very often in the modern era. Uh, John Moss has been given the responsibility of watching the replays at Stockley Park, as he is the video assistant referee for this fixture. Brilliant. Excellent. Two of my favourite referees. I can't wait for that one. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Um, well, let's not leave it there, Dave, because I know that you like to spoil our listeners and you're not just going to give them any old stat. You're going to delve straight into the and deep into the bank of Statman Dave. Is that the right expression? I think it is. And give our listeners your miscellaneous stat of the week. 
Uh, well, this week's stat uh, relates to this weekend's match, which will be just the second time that Burnley have played a competitive match on Easter Sunday. The only previous occasion was a nil-nil draw against Spurs. That was a game that took place at Turf Moor on the 5th of April 2015. Uh, on the subject of Sunday games, it will also be Burnley's 50th Premier League game to take place on a Sunday. In fact, with fixture changes, all four of our games in April are now scheduled to be Sunday kickoffs, which is also a first. Mm. Our previous 49 Premier League Sunday games have only produced nine wins with 10 draws and 30 defeats, and that win percentage of just 18.4% for games played on a Sunday is way down on the win percentage of 28.8% for all of our Premier League games to date. So the basis of that is we uh, don't tend to do as well when we play on a Sunday. Great. Excellent. <laughs> that that bodes well for the running, doesn't it, Dave? Um, well, before we have a quick look at the, the game ourselves, we did manage to get you an opposition view this week, and we spoke to Ben from the Total Saints podcast to get his view ahead of the fixture. Opposition view. All in all, it's been a typical roller coaster of a Saints season, to be honest. The first half was really, really good. We got to the top of the league in November and uh, I think had targets of trying to get into Europe and uh, finishing well. Since then, we've uh, been on a dreadful run. We've lost 10 out of 12 in the Premier League and uh, alongside injuries, a few dodgy VAR decisions, um, a loss of momentum and confidence within the team. It's meant that we're now looking over our shoulders and uh, keeping our fingers crossed that Fulham don't win too many games. But generally, there's been progress made. I think we've seen a few youngsters come through this season, the likes of Nathan Teller, and that gives us optimism for the years to come. But I think Saints ultimately probably going to finish in the bottom half now, which when you think of where we were after that game against Newcastle back in November is slightly disappointing. The key thing is obviously making sure they keep themselves in the Premier League because uh, that's very important for the sustainable model that we tend to follow. In terms of getting to Wembley, I think it's been a, a great achievement. We've not conceded a goal yet in the FA Cup. We've beaten uh, the holders Arsenal and uh, Wolves along the way. We recently won against Bournemouth and have got a tricky game against Leicester in the semi-final, but we've done well to avoid Manchester City, which gives us a chance of making the FA Cup final. I think if you're a Saints fan and someone offered you before the season that you'd be 14th and in a semi-final with about 90 games to go in the season, we probably would have taken that. We're never going to win the Premier League, so I think ultimately having the opportunity to fight for a, a cup position is always something to be treasured. And Saints have done fairly well in the last few years to get to Wembley. Hopefully they can get one step further in terms of actually getting to the final of the FA Cup this time. The Burnley fixture is always a tough one for Saints. I think Saints appreciate, certainly fans do, that it's going to be a, a physical and tough battle. We haven't done that well against Burnley at home over the last few years. I think we know how Burnley will come, that they'll sit deep and try and frustrate and be physical. And Saints will need to be up for that. I think if they don't match Burnley's work rate and their effort, then they're going to be in for a shock. Obviously, it's just off the back of the international break as well. So getting up to speed players that have been traveling for international duty may not be available for the game as well so it's certainly a tough um, baptism for Saints back uh, into action in the Premier League but ultimately we need to get over the line now we need probably another at least four or five points I think Saints will see this as a winnable game but I think Burnley absolutely will uh, as well so probably going to be quite a tight affair um, can see it going either way but absolutely Saints are going to need to be up for the battle from a predicted lineup point of view, I think Saints, assuming everyone is fit and, as I mentioned, uh, has come back from international duty without any knocks or niggles, I think the lineup will be Fraser Forster, Carl Walker Peters, Jan Bednarek, Yannick Vestergaard, and Ryan Bertrand at the back. 
James Ward-Prowse and Ibrahima Diallo will probably play in centre midfield. I think on the wings he'll have Stuart Armstrong and Nathan Redmond. Redmond obviously put in a fantastic performance down at Bournemouth a couple of weeks ago. And then up front, it looks like Danny Ings could be fit again. So if he is, I imagine he will play alongside Shea Adams. So the side that has predominantly played most of this season uh, should be available for that game. As I said, I think in terms of a prediction, I'm always pretty bad with my predictions, to be honest. So uh, I think it'll be a tough physical proposition. Given the international break and the fact it's going to take the team a little while to get up to speed, I'm going to sit on the fence and go for a one or draw that probably won't hurt either side. So, I don't really know where we're up to. I feel like coming into this fixture, Javen, before the break, Clarence were kind of riding high. It looks like we've sealed another season in the Premier League. And in some respects, I was kind of sad to have the international break because it felt like we needed to to maintain that momentum. But um, three weeks down, you know, a few results, some really good results to, to get us, you know, back in, in, in survival contention and a good chance for all of our players to get fit again. I'm feeling quite confident going into the weekend, even though Southampton are a relatively strong side. How are you feeling? Um. I think it's well. We know away games are always tough. We'll have that as a caveat. We say that every time. Uh, Southampton started off reasonably well. They've not done as well recently, I don't think. So that's an opportunity. Um, I mean, it's been a chance to get players back fit again. We know that uh, we had a good result against Everton, a good win, which took us up to 33 points. We had that seven-point gap uh, between ourselves and and Fulham, who were leading the way among the bottom three. Um, we know that Jack Cork and Charlie Taylor have both been in training this week, which is the good news. Uh, the bad news is that Robbie Brady came off injured. He played in a oh, friendly for the Republic of Ireland against Qatar, so he came off after 20 minutes. So we don't know what the extent of that injury is, but that's not looking too promising. Uh, but I think the rest of the side are, are fairly well, uh, fairly okay. Um, they should be rested after uh, after three weeks. So they've uh, been fairly careful with their uh, training regime, I think, over that time. Um, and then Burnley can hopefully go and uh, and get another good result. We've had a decent record last two or three times. We've been down to St Mary's. We've had uh, two wins and a draw. So there's no reason why we can't go there and get another another good result. That's very true. So even though there's no reason to suspect that we won't do it, what's your gut telling you? Do you think we will take advantage of that and actually do it? What are you thinking? Um, I think it'll be cagey, and um, if I be pushed for a prediction, which I know you're going to push me for a yep, prediction, um, I'm going to sit on the fence and go for a 1-1 draw. Of course you are, which is Dave's cord in the previous show for saying he thinks we're going to get beat. You know, he can never quite bring himself, unless we're playing no, City away. No, I think it's going to be a draw. Yeah, okay. Unless it's City away, you never ever predict a loss, but you always just predict a draw. But um, I'm feeling confident, and I think... I just think I think everything's going to go to plan. I'm going to say we're going to win two one to Clarets. Um, who do you think is going to score, Dave? Is it going to be a score draw and a nil nil? Uh, one one. I, I, I said in terms of the score. So who who have you got scoring for Burnley? Um, I think maybe Josh Brownhill. <gasps> oh, good choice and. Header, left foot, right foot, backside. How is it going to go in? Uh, right foot. Excellent. Well, I'm going to go... From outside the box. Oh, a free kick then. Set piece. No, not a free kick. No, no just just a screamer from outside the box. We never score a free kick. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to say it's going to be 2-1 to Burnley and I'm going to have my scorers as Chris Wood um, and Ben Mee. There we go. And Ben Mee's going to be a header from the corner. 
and Chris Wood's just going to be a Chris Wood special. So that's going to be amazing. Um, well, listeners, obviously we want to know how um, you what you think your score prediction is going to be. So please do tweet us, email us, get in touch and tell us what the score will be, who's going to score and how they're going to score it. You can tweet us at Nona Never or you can email us at podcast at nonanever.net. Fantasy Premier League update. So, Dave, we must have an almighty Fantasy Premier League update to give our listeners, because it has been a while. Um, we must have loads to catch up on. What's been going on in the known and ever Fantasy Premier League? Uh, well, yeah, we do have an update. Uh, last time we provided an update, uh, that was going back to, I think we did game week 26 and 27. So, uh, since then, we're in the middle of game week 28. Um, and then since then, we've also had the rather odd game week 29, where there are only four matches taking place so um, there has been quite a bit of movement quite a bit of change going on and we do have quite a lot to update Uh, so starting off we do have an update on our top five in the no near never fantasy premier league which i'll give you in reverse order we have got uh, chris stanworth in fifth place on 1879 points Gary Proctor in fourth on 1,882. Uh, Adam Dennett is in third place on 1,901. Uh, Sean Danaher, who we've had as a, a guest on the show earlier in the season, he's still up there, uh, just five points off the lead. He's in second place on 1,909. And our leader still, who's been there for quite a while, although the gap has closed a little bit, is Charlie Binns, who's up there in first place on 1,914 points. Well done, those top five managers. This is getting to the nitty-gritty now. Was there, what, nine games left? We're in the home straight. Yeah, we're going to start crowning a winner. Uh, what about Team None and Ever, Dave? How are we all doing? Uh, you're doing, well, okay. You're 223rd. I think that's up one or two places since we last did an update. You're now on 1,249 points. Um, I went up again. I had, I had a decent week with the odd game week because I used one of my uh, free hits. I used the one where you could make unlimited transfers for a, a week and then it reverts back. So I brought in lots of Brighton players and Tottenham players and got more points that way. Um, I'm up to, as I say, 128th position on 1,582 points. And the leader in our podcaster's mini-league is still Richard Steele. Uh, He's in 74th position with 1,670 points. He's been there uh, way ahead of most of us for uh, pretty much all the season. I was going to say, I don't remember him not being the leader, to be honest. I think he's been up there all season, the swine. Um, I'm just looking at this now. I I think I, I... Do I remember rightly before the Everton game? Did I was that the game that you sent me a text saying I don't think you're going to do very well with your fantasy football this season, this week? I don't, did I? Uh, that was the one. Yeah, you, you didn't do other than having Patrick Bamford, you didn't do very well because most of your players were either injured or weren't actually playing a game. <laughs> I think I remember you sending me a screenshot and going, <laughs> um, "Have you looked at this?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> and, no. and there's literally every single one of my players had one of those red either a red or a, an, a, a yellow, ex, like a red 
triangle or an exclamation mark next to them. Oh, in fact, I'm looking at them now and they still do the same. I'm going to do it straight after this game. Uh, but that's okay. 230-something for me. I think that's probably the best I've done, so I'm pretty happy with that. Um, what about Kings of Game Weeks 28 and 29 then, please, Dave? Right. Well, we had for Game Week 28, the uh, if you had had all these 11 players uh, without extra captain points, you would have got 127 points. Uh, we had uh, in goal uh, Melier of Leeds. We had a back four of uh, Stones and Cancelo of Man City, uh, Dunk of Brighton and uh, Luke Shaw. Uh, a midfield four of uh, Milivojevic, Trossard, McNeil. Do we have Dwight McNeil in there, the Burnley player in? And also uh, Odegaard of Arsenal. And a front two of uh, Iheanacho and Vardy. Uh, that was our 4-4-2 team for game week 28. And for game week 29, we had a slightly odd formation. We had a 3-5-2. And again, this was just based on the uh, four matches. So it's a little bit um, different to normal, the fact that there weren't as many players available. But we had uh, Sanchez of Brighton in goal. We had a back three of Veltman. Rodon and Anderson. We had a midfield uh, five of Trossard, Lingard, Lucas Moura, uh, Rafina, and Bowen. And our front two were uh, Patrick Bamford and uh, Alexander Lacazette. That was the Kings of Game Week 29. That would have got you 104 points if you'd have had all those uh, players for Game Week 29. Excellent. Um, well, the second of our new features for the second half of the season then is the opposition three to watch, where you identify three players from the other side who you think are going to cause us the most damage based on their fantasy premier points. So, who have we got this week, please? I think we can probably guess these, to be honest. <laughs> I was going to say, they're probably not going to be a surprise to people, these, but we've got uh, the out-and-out leader amongst the Southampton players is uh, James Ward-Prowse. Uh, he's got 126 points to date. Uh, che Adams has had a good season. Uh, he's got 108. And uh, our very own Danny Ings used to be a Burnley player not that long ago, as we know. Mm. Uh, 95 points. Uh, we'd expect certainly the top two of those to be in the starting 11 on Sunday, although Danny Ings may be touch and go. We know he has a knack of scoring goals against us, um, but he could still be a doubt with a muscle injury. I read that it was, it was like 50%. And then they've done an update and said he was maybe 75%. So he might be more likely than not to play. But we won't find out until um, 11 o'clock when they announce the teams on uh, on Sunday morning. Good stuff. Um, what are we doing for the next couple of weeks then, Dave? Uh, we're probably going to be able to... We're probably going to be able to to give uh, Premier League, Fantasy League updates for the next couple of weeks, aren't we? Looking at the fixtures. Um, hopefully, yes. Certainly for next week, we are. I've looked ahead at the fixtures. There's no issues to pre- prevent us from uh, providing a full update uh, to our league table and the Kings of Game Week when we come to record our next preview show ahead of the visit to Old Trafford. Um, it'll depend on the midweek games because I think they've got to obviously shoehorn some extra fixtures in. If they do those and they're later in the week, depending on when we're recording, it may delay us. But we'll we'll do our best with that and give us well give our listeners whatever information we've got available at the time. But hopefully, with our games now being on Sundays and being regular each week, it should make it a little bit easier. Excellent. Statman Dave's quiz question. Well, finally then, let's leave our listeners with some homework. Let's see if we can get some the same engagement we had last week for that fantastic question last week. What are you going to set our listeners this week, please, Dave, for the quiz? 
Uh, well, this week's quiz question relates to our stat of the week and matches played on a Sunday. And what we want to know is, which team did Burnley beat to register our first top flight win on a Sunday? Short and simple. I think I know this. Um, how do our listeners tell us, please? What, how do they submit their answers, correct or otherwise? Uh, well, get in touch with us. Uh, you can tweet us or send us a direct message, preferably on Twitter. That's at no near never. Uh, you can email us podcast at nonanever.net or you can also reply to the post of this preview show on either the No Near Never Facebook page or on YouTube and we'll reveal the correct answer at the start of the next preview show. Not as long to wait for this one as there was for the last one, thankfully. Absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, well, finally then, do we have any community news or any other business that we need to share with our listeners, Dave? Uh, well, yeah, just a quick reminder, really, if you haven't listened yet, um, I spoke to Paul Weller during the international break and we had a Paul Weller special episode. Uh, and depending on when you're listening to this preview show, there's still time to enter a competition to win his book. Uh, simply find our tweet which announced that the podcast was out, uh, and then retweet it and reply with Not Such a Bad Life, which is the name of Paul's book. Uh, we're going to give you until uh, just before midnight on Easter Monday before we select a winner. Uh, if you're struggling for that, just if you search Twitter for hashtag Not Such a Bad Life um, or search back through the uh, timeline we've got on uh, No Nay Never, you'll find the tweet. And all you've got to do is uh, retweet that and uh, reply with hashtag not such a bad life. And uh, that's, as I say, we've got a copy of the book that Paul's put aside for us and one lucky No Near Never listener will uh, be able to to win that. Good stuff. Um, I haven't listened to it yet and I'm desperate to. I've just been really tired up with work, but I'm hearing really good things. I think you did a really good job with Paul Weller. Um, your first experience in the hosting chair, Dave, how did you find it? Um, it was really good. I mean, Paul um, gave some really, really good answers. I mean, we, we videoed it as well, so it's the first time we've done um, uh, a video one. So if you don't want to listen to the, the actual audio on the podcast, you can actually go to YouTube. You can watch the whole episode on uh, on there as well. But yeah, Paul came across really well, speaks really well, and uh, gave us some real insight into his uh, career at Burnley um, and, and time since then, really. So it was a, a really, really good um, episode. I thought I, I learned things from it. I'd learnt um, in the actual research I'd done prior to um, the interview and also with, with Paul's answers as well. It came across really well. Uh, and I've also got the book as well. I'm working my way through the... I've got a, an advanced copy of the uh, the book, so I'm looking through that. It's, uh, it's really good. Oh, good stuff. Well done. Yeah, it's a nice guy, it's Paul, and I'm really looking forward to it, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you a listen before we speak. Um, Fixture-wisers, we've got all of the fixtures there, aren't we? Is there any... They're all now Sundays, aren't they? We've got Sunday, 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 Saturday, Saturday, so... Do keep an eye out on those because I think there's been some um, fixture changes, hasn't the day? Have these all been? In, oh, actually, no. The, the West Ham and Fulham games are yet to be confirmed, are they? Yeah, the ones for April now have all been confirmed. They're all Sundays. We knew already, I think, for the well, obviously for this one and Newcastle uh, this week, they'd announced as well the Man United and Wolves games have both moved to Sunday as well, leaving all four games on Sunday. They've not gone as far as the May ones yet. Obviously, West Ham we play. Uh, the weekend, uh, the start of May, and then Fulham away is the weekend after that. They've not announced the dates and times for those yet. They'll be probably a couple of weeks off, but uh, we'll keep an eye out for those and mention those in uh, a future show once we have uh, confirmation. Excellent. Thanks, Dave. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. My thanks, as ever, go to everybody who's contributed to making the preview show this week, to Ben from the Total Saints podcast for his opposition view, to Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements, um, to 
if we had a fixture flashback, whatever it's called, then well done you and thank you. Um, to produce a mat for knitting all of this to get it out there. Uh, but my main thanks, of course, to Dave Roberts for just researching and doing everything that he does for the preview show. He puts an incredible amount um, of work into this. And do make sure you check out his Burnley Stats match database um, for just extra credits essentially you get extra credit from us if you do do your homework uh, most of all thanks to you the listeners for downloading and listening to this episode your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you um the rest of the team will be back on probably tuesday to look at um well analyze and look back on that that fixture this weekend against southampton hopefully be discussing a three points that gets us even closer to safety and dave now will be back next friday night to look ahead for the next edition of the preview show so do stick with us nine games to go we're in the final stretch of the season and once this is done we're going to all have a well-deserved summer break back to normality with social restrictions lifted and we're going to be back at turf more before you know it um i hope that you're all looking forward to indeed dave's crossing his fingers at me um i do hope that you're all managing to um just survive and cope through this extended lockdown we're nearly there guys if anybody is struggling or feel like they want somebody to talk to the non and ever lines are always open if you want to have a cup of tea and a natter about burnley or even write to us and set up a pen pal you can do that or if you just want somebody to have a laugh with us, we are always there. Take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, and we will see you next time. I've been Natalie Bromley. He's been Dave Roberts. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ev podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.